just hope there's a WC handy down in Memphis. Oh, baby, I need to go. 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 Some great jazz there. Memphis Mooney from Nigel Mooney's new album, Mooney's Blues, which is going to be released on October the 14th. Good morning, Nigel Mooney. Good morning, Miriam. How are Thanks you doing? Thanks so much for being here. That certainly put a pep in, I think, our step this morning. Good. Uh, come and tell me, what, what's that all about, that song? That song is about an Irish musician who travels to uh, America to do a, a tour of the Midwest and meet all his idols, but ends up uh, falling into the gutter a little bit. Um, were you always interested in jazz? Tell me how you got involved in it. I um, got interested in the blues when I was in my early teens and played. I had, a, I had a blues band in school and then I had a blues band subsequently when I left school and I graduated into jazz, just discovering um, jazz records through the blues first and then jazz musicians who played the blues. So I, I, it was a sort of a, a very gradual graduation rather than a, a studied thing. Yeah, because, I mean, you had barely any lessons, is that right? You're essentially self-taught, is that correct? Yeah, I um, got my first guitar when I was 12 and I went to a lady down the road she taught me G and E minor, A minor and D7. Mm. And from that point on, I think I just was fortunate enough to, to meet people who showed me things. And when I got the band going, then I got to play with better musicians. And, uh, it you know, it, it spurs you on when you're on the stage with better musicians. You know, you have to just keep naturally improving. And I think I just, the blues was, was, was fairly simple to me. I could uh, sort of play it naturally. So everything else just kind of evolved out of that. And I gather seeing B.B. King at the Cork Jazz Festival in 82, that that was a seminal moment for you, was it? It was sort of in that I'd, I'd been a, a fan of B.B. King and Albert King and all those Chicago players when I was a teenager. And... Um, I suppose I was I was still a teenager. I went to the Cork Jazz Festival in '82, and BB was playing, and Georgie Fame was playing also, who ended up becoming a you know a recording uh, partner with me over the years. And uh, uh, following that gig, I thought it would be simple enough to start a blues band. Although it took me a few years to actually execute it, but it was just I was inspired by that gig because. He had quite a large band and they were just really swinging. It was in the in the Opera House uh, in 82 in, in the Cork Jazz Festival. So what was it like? You got to play support for him at the National Concert Hall. That must have been pretty great. Yeah, it was in the National Stadium, yeah, the Boxing yeah. Stadium. We, we did it. Um, we did it a number of times between about 85 and 89 or so. I think we, he used to come to Dublin annually and he would play the National Stadium. So my band, the Gripewater Blues Band, it was in those days. It ran from about the mid-80s to the mid-90s. And we um, supported a lot of people, a lot of the big blues acts, Lowell Fulson and others as well. But playing with B.B. King was great because uh, he was very kind to us and very appreciative and encouraging. He was a very nice chap altogether. And his band then, we we sort of hung out with his band. As B.B. got more famous (laughs) following... The U2 stuff and all. Yeah. Uh, we tended to hang out with the band and BB hung out with uh, the celebrities. Wow. And 
Interestingly, where did your interest in music come from? Tell me a little bit about your upbringing bringing in your parents. Um, neither of my parents were really musicians as such, but my dad played the piano quite badly. He, he played all the Sinatra stuff, but all in, in C and A minor. And he sort of bashed away, uh, even through the key changes, his left hand still kind of bashed a sort of stride C in A minor. And um, he played Sinatra records at home. And my mum was um, big into that sort of um, Dixieland revival mm-hmm. stuff, Ako Bilk and things like that. But really, it was it was from picking up the guitar and playing in a, in a school rock band that the in the era that I got into it, it was still the end of the the sort of British guitar heroes, you know, the Eric Clapton's and Jeff Beck's and people like that. And it was through that then that I got got into the blues. And when you walked into me first this morning, it was interesting, you were saying it's kind of, you're making it more now, slightly later in life than as a very young man. That's true, isn't it? Which is interesting and great. It's, um, well... The Irish jazz scene and blues scene are, uh, scenes are very small, so um, it's um, yeah making it um, in the jazz scene in Ireland is you know having thirty people at a gig. Mm-hmm. So I, I've been slowly on the way up. I'm, I'm still <laughs> on the way up. I, I'm, I'm hoping to really hit it top of the pops by the time I'm ninety. Is jazz something? Does it grow an in interest here or not? I mean, since you've had your career over decades, is it more or less popular than when you began? Um, it's hard to know, really. Mm. It's probably less popular in that um, back in my, say, my parents' time, um, a lot more people were were going to gigs. You know, Ella Fitzgerald and and Count Basie Orchestra, and people would be over. So there was a wider interest in jazz before, um, say, the Beatles came in and and, uh, Elvis and stuff and and pop then gradually took over. I think there was a wider interest in jazz in those days, but there's still a big enough interest in jazz in Ireland, uh, sort of. Is it true that the inspiration for this album of yours, that it came from a trip to Memphis? Yes, in in 2005, I went to Memphis to play in the big uh, blues festival out there, which was just... uh, an incredible experience. I went with my bassist, uh, Rory O'Donovan, and uh, we picked up a pianist and drummer out there who were great musicians. And through them, I met a lot of people who were involved in the the Memphis scene, Um, most significantly uh, a lady called Deborah Sweeney, who's a wonderful jazz singer. And um, we kept in touch and... I think when I was leaving Memphis, I started writing one or two of these songs just on the plane on the way back. They just occurred to me. But some years later, I went back to Memphis and I hooked up with Debbie again and she got me to record some stuff with her. And then I asked her to do backing vocals on my forthcoming album. This is about seven or eight years ago. And she used to sing backing vocals for Al Green. Her and Mm -hmm. her friend Carolyn were, were Al Green's backing singers. So they said they would do the backing vocals and we did recording with her and, uh, you know, she had uh, people playing on my album like Ben Corley, who was in uh, Otis Redding's band and uh, Lanny McMillan, who was in Ike Turner's and Buddy Guy's band. I just got to meet all these amazing musicians who'd be all out of the sort of Stax scene and the jazz scene uh, in Memphis. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful place for fans of the blues and rock and roll to go to. 
I've never been actually. I've heard that from some friends of mine. Is it that it's just an atmosphere or there are loads of clubs? Why is it so special for someone like you who loves jazz? I think it's just the whole atmosphere. You know, the, <clears throat> the, the, the Beale Street area is full of clubs, but it's almost a sort of a tourist uh, situation. So there's blues clubs, um, both sides, the length of Beale Street. And then there's a, a good jazz scene and, and blues scene outside of that. But there's an atmosphere. Certainly when I got out there, having been playing um, gigs to, you know, 30 people or whatever here, when I got there, they seemed to think I, I was like Ireland's answer to Elvis or something. <laughs> uh, so it was great, uh, great to get that um, appreciation and you know, uh, suddenly we, we just seemed to be in with everybody and there was just a great vibe, you know. And as you say, you started to write those songs in the new album when you were coming back on the plane. And it, obviously you were so inspired by what happened to you in Memphis. Yes, I definitely was. <clears throat> um, as I was saying, Rory O'Donovan was with me and the, the two of us just um, every day we just couldn't really believe what was going on. Like mm. we were there for about 10 days and every day was extremely special. We just met a lot of very legendary musicians and they were all just our best mates instantly you know so um <clears throat> when i was on the plane coming home i was just thinking um what a long way home it was going to be and i was thinking then how it's just such a mm. long way to memphis and then i think sort of based on it's a long way to tipperary that's mm. how that uh that memphis mm. mooney came out um, but certainly I kept in touch with Deborah, as, as I was saying earlier, and um, uh, because uh, I went back and we just were like long lost friends and we just hooked up again and recorded. And now what's quite an amazing development is just yesterday she phoned me to say she's going to come over for the, the launch in November the, for the Sugar Club gig. So that's quite uh, wonderful. Tell me about that. So you're actually going to have a big launch for it. Yeah, Um I have the, the 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 launch happening in the Sugar Club on November 11th and November 12th. And um, I've, uh, I have an extended band, so it's going to be a six or seven piece band and um, backing singers and all. And uh, Deborah is coming over to, to do that as well. So that's going to be a, a big thing. Look, COVID, your album, I think it was finally finished in 2019, due for release February 2020, <clears throat> but we know what happened. How did you find COVID and lockdown and all that time? Uh, absolutely wonderful. I just um, really relaxed through COVID. Uh, the weather was great. Um, my uh, son, Artie, was born in, in, in 2018 and my other son, George, my third son, I have another son, uh, Charlie, who's a bit older. But George was born during COVID. So I was able to be home with uh, the two boys all the time um, in lovely weather, uh, able to uh, chop some of my uh, vegetation down and and so on. So, uh, yes, I, I quite enjoyed COVID. I, I wasn't at home uh, diligently studying um, Mixolydian um, mm -hmm. scales or anything like that but I um, yes I did relax in it it was, it was good fun We're going to go out on another track of yours you're choosing I think it's a ballad which one is this? This Nigel? is a ballad um, I wrote for my darling wife it's, it's called Wait For Me Well thank you so much and look you're in is this correct Stamps and Enniscorthy? I'm in Stamps tonight, tonight? Yeah, that's part of the uh, the Blues Festival in Enniscorthy I'm there with Scott tonight and then the, the launch is November 11th and 12th in the Sugar Club and then uh, there's one or two other things. I, I'm in the concert hall with Jim Doherty, 
Uh, I think it's Friday, October the 7th. It's yeah. a lunchtime Ellington tribute. And then we do a residency in the United Arts Club every Sunday afternoon. That's in Fitzwilliam Street, four o'clock. Well, Nigel, it's been a real pleasure chatting with you this morning. I wish you every success with the new album. We'll Thank go you very much, Miriam. to you once again. Thanks a million. Cheers. This was me. Made-